What's going on, everyone? And welcome in to Plazon's podcast, filled with glitchy analysis and takes so cold that they're boiling hot. Today's podcast is proudly sponsored by Hungry Howie's Baton Rouge. Check out their website for amazing carryout and delivery deals. Right now, they've got a carryout deal. Get a large one-topping pizza for just $7.99. Thank you so much to Hungry Howie's Baton Rouge. And in today's show, we are going to talk about the Heisman Award, what it is and what it should be. We're going to have just one, one special Plaisant Lock. We're also going to talk about continuing our NBA Top 100 Players of All Time at number 96. And last but not least, we've got a Plaisant Freezing Cold Take. So let's begin with our Heisman Award segment. So this year's finalists... Stetson Bennett from Georgia, Max Duggan from TCU, Caleb Williams from USC, and last but not least, we've got C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. So let's just discuss who we think has the best team. That could play an important part in who finally has the Heisman Award trophy in their hand. So the best team, Stetson Bennett and the Georgia Bulldogs. Now let's talk about the best story. This guy has stuck it out through God only knows what in his personal life. He has battled through open heart surgery, the transfer portal, not going in, staying committed to his team, losing his starting spot, getting it back, and then losing it again. Max Duggan. He's got the best story out of all these guys, and that was really played out in the Big 12 championship. I mean, they did lose, but you could just see it in his eyes, man. That guy gave it... His absolute all. Now, next up, there's one guy who I think nobody's talking about, and it's C.J. Stroud. Now, the reason nobody's talking about him is for one reason and one reason only. He did not play in championship week. The Ohio State Buckeyes got absolutely blown out by Michigan in the last game of the year. C.J. Stroud never got a chance to play in the Big Ten championship game. Therefore, his case kind of wrapped up right then and there. That's it. I do not count C.J. Stroud towards this Heisman race. I don't think he's even going to come close. Now, let's talk about a player that shouldn't be there, and that's Stetson Bennett. Now, why? Stetson Bennett finished the season with 27 total touchdowns. In the last 10 Heisman Award ceremonies, that is the least amount of touchdowns out of any Heisman Award candidate. Not winner, candidate. Okay. The next lowest is A.J. McCarron with 28, and both of those are actually just extreme outliers. The average total touchdown finalist for a quarterback ends up with about 46.5 touchdowns at the end of the year. That's insane. We're talking about almost a 20-touchdown difference between Stetson Bennett and an average quarterback Heisman finalist. I don't think he belongs here at all. I would love to see somebody like B. John Robinson there. But let's get back to the best player at the Heisman Award ceremony. And that, my friends, is Caleb Williams. Hands down, the best player in college football this year. I mean, you could just tell he was backpacking that USC team. They had a subpar defense. His best receiver, Jordan Addison, was hurt for the majority of the year. But yet, this man only lost two games, and it was to the same team with a very high-caliber offense. He went into Oregon State and was able to pull out a victory. He played up against DTR and UCLA, 
and was able to escape with another victory in an all-time rivalry matchup there. Left it all out on the field at the Pac-12 championship game. Was playing with practically a torn hamstring and a shattered hand. And yet, he still tore Utah up. Now, was he able to get the win? No. But I do not put that on him at all. I put that on the rest of the team. But it's fine. He's a sophomore, and this USC team was not expected to be this good so fast. That being said, I think he's the best player in this Heisman ceremony. He's the best player in the country. That's who I predict is going to win the award. Now, my dark horse pick is Max Duggan. And I think that has a lot to do with his personal storyline. But as far as the best player in college football, not even close. It's Caleb Williams. Now, let's talk about what the Heisman Award should be. We all know what it is. It's a quarterback award. Every single year, there's at least one quarterback in the race, if not two, and if not that, three. Okay, We have only seen two one-quarterback Heisman candidate races in the last 10 years, and that was in 2013 and 2014. And the year before that, 2012, they had four quarterback candidates for Heisman. So, And that's what we got this year, four quarterbacks. Now, the Heisman Award is supposed to be the best player in the country. And it's, to me, it's not even close. Three of these quarterbacks don't belong. Like I said, 46 and a half touchdowns is what the average quarterback finishes with at the end of the year to be a Heisman finalist. Okay, C.J. Stroud, 37. Max Duggan, 36. Stetson Bennett, 27. Caleb Williams, now he did have 47. Okay, he met the mark at least. Okay. But this should honestly be more than just quarterbacks, okay? Let's talk about three other players that I really think made their mark on the season. For starters, B. John Robinson. In my opinion, he's the best back in the country. Plays at Texas. This man had 1,580 rushing yards on 6.1 yards per carry. And he went up against some pretty tough opponents, including Alabama, okay? He also had 18 rushing touchdowns which is out of this world for a running back in this day and age. You've got to be kidding me. Next up, we've got who I think is the best receiver in college football this year. Now, I would have given this to Jordan Addison, but he's been hurt. My requirements for this is basically you have to play almost the entire season. For the best receiver in the country, it's Jalen Hyatt. 1,267 yards, only on 67 catches. That's insane. That's 18.9 yards per catch. That leads the country in receivers over 50 catches. Not to mention, he had 15 touchdowns. And in my opinion, was the sole reason that Tennessee was able to pull off that upset against Alabama. Five touchdowns in that game. Five. Not one. Not two. Not three. Not four. But five. Torched Alabama. And last but not least, I think that the Heisman Award every single year should include a defensive player. Let's talk about the best defensive player on a top 10 defense that plays some of the toughest opponents in the country, Will Anderson at Alabama. The man had 10 sacks and 17 tackles for loss. Not to mention Alabama's defense ranked top 10 in passing yards allowed, in total yards allowed, in points per game. I mean, this Alabama team is a top 10 defense, and that's on an off year. And that's also after Will Anderson had an insane year last year. All of the attention was on him this season, and yet he was supposed 
and yet he still was able to rack up 10 sacks and 17 tackles for loss. I, I have to give it to him. I have to give him his props and his credit. I don't know if there's another defensive player on a good defense that's doing more of the same. Now, that being said, all three of these people, not up for the Heisman. Now, the last player that I would include in this Heisman race is who I think who should win the Heisman. That's Caleb Williams, okay? 4,000 yards, 37 passing touchdowns, 10 rushing touchdowns, only four interceptions. It's a pretty damn good stat. Not to mention, USC coming out of nowhere into the Pac-12 championship, only losing two games this year. Absolutely torched countless defenses. Only had one bad game, and that was against Oregon State, and they won. So you really can't knock him, okay? He put up 42 against Utah in their loss in the regular season. He put up 25, I know, in the Pac-12 championship game, but that game got so out of hand in the fourth quarter. So when we're talking about USC, we're talking about Caleb Williams, you have to put some respect on his name. Now, that being said, like I said, I think Caleb Williams should win it. I think he is going to win it. He's only a sophomore. It's really hard to follow up. I can't think of a single Heisman that has won it back-to-back years, especially being a sophomore. We just saw Bryce Young. Now, he would have been in the Heisman contention if he didn't get hurt. But like I said, it's really hard to follow up a Heisman season with another Heisman caliber season. So I think that uh, I think that Caleb Williams has that potential, but it's going to be really, really hard to do. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get in to our next player in the NBA Top 100 list. Number 96, Tim Hardaway. The original Tim Hardaway. We're not talking about junior. Tim Hardaway, five-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA first team, three-time All-NBA second team. And this man is the founder of the legendary run TMC Golden State Warriors team with Chris Mullen and Mitch Richmond. all right? Now, he didn't win any championships, I know, but this is an iconic player who played on countless iconic teams, okay? He played with the Miami Heat, played with the Warriors throughout the 90s. He never really had any legendary playoff matchups, but I put him on here because I think he's a top 15 point guard of all time. He's a dynamic scorer. He could shoot from outside late in his career. He was a great driver to the basket, and in a time where the NBA was very center-centric, that's phenomenal. He had a pretty good mid-range jumper, he knew how to dish the rock, and he played some pretty solid defense. I give Tim Hardaway this spot in my top 100 list, not just because of his stats, not just because of his accolades, but because of his swagger. This was one of the most confident point guards that played in the 1990s, and I don't think there were many who could match his style of play. So there we go, Tim Hardaway, top 100, number 96. And next up, we've got Pleasant Locks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are 27-10 and 10 on the year. We went 3-1 and one yesterday. It's not too shabby, but it's not too good either. We could do better. It's not perfect. Job's not done. Job's not finished. We only have one lock today. That's because I'm not going to steer you wrong. We're going to be talking about the battle in the Rocky Mountains. Colorado versus Colorado State. We're not taking the spread. We're not taking the money line. We're taking over 139. I think this is one of the easiest overs in the books. Both teams averaging over 70 points a game. Colorado State, the last three years, ranks number one 
in shooting percentage over those three years. Absolute insanity. Colorado has the home court advantage. Colorado State, like I said, number one shooting percentage, and it travels. It travels well. They are shooting over 50% on the road. And this isn't really even a road game. They're traveling in-state. It's not that far of a drive. I don't even know if it was worth the flight. I think this game easily goes over 139. Look for this to be a shootout early. I'm expecting over 80 points in the first half. Book it. You can take it to the bank. I looked through every single game tonight, and that is the one that we are picking. Plizzle is not responsible for losing locks. Please gamble responsibly. And now, ladies and gentlemen, last but certainly not least, we've got our Plizzle's freezing cold takes. A take so cold, it's boiling hot. Today's take has to do with the news that broke this morning. Brittany Griner has been released from her Russian prison, and she is going to be returned to the United States in exchange for a Russian arms dealer. Now, my take is, is that was a terrible trade. This Russian arms dealer, his name is Victor Boot. His nickname is the Merchant of Death. According to a 60 Minutes report from 12 years ago, this man was accused of selling tens of thousands of weapons to African warlords, which radicalized African civil wars across the continent. This man has created so much violence, it's probably too many lives to count. Now, I am extremely happy that Brittany Griner is on her way back to safe, free American soil. She deserves her freedom. What she was convicted of was completely and utterly wrong. That being said, we have given up an absolute horrendous war criminal and given him almost the same freedom that we have now ensured to Brittany Griner. Now, I am not attacking. I am not saying that Brittany Griner is not worth that amount because you cannot place a value on a human life like that. However, the United States government failed. Brittany Griner, the United States government failed. The American people, and the United States government failed the world. And hundreds, if not thousands, of future lives are now at stake because of this. He is going to go sell weapons again, most likely. This man is a monster. It's not that we should not have made this trade. It's that now that this trade has been made, we now have to protect our allies and protect the innocent from letting this man cause harm to millions once more. And that is my freezing cold take. And that's going to conclude it for this episode of Plaisance Podcast. Had a nice dark turn at the end. We are going to end it with a note of optimism and hope. We've got another episode coming out tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you all next time. 